listening to the DeCesare Group Podcast. I'm your host, Jim DeCesare, and thanks for joining us this week. Hey, we've got the man who tweets what he hears on the police scanner, the general manager of the Bowling Green Daily News, at Joe Emmel, coming up in just a few. Hey, if you're on Facebook, X, Instagram, and LinkedIn, make sure you follow the DeCesare Group and subscribe to our newsletter, Soki Economic Development and Business News, on our website at thedeCesareGroup.com. And make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform and leave us a review to let us know what you think. Now, in this episode of the DeCesare Group Podcast, I talk with the man who has over 75,000 followers on X, formerly known as Twitter, and I'm talking about at Joe Emmel. Joe is the general manager of the Daily News. He's an award-winning photojournalist who has been with the paper for more than 31 years. According to his Instagram profile, he's a GM by day, photojournalist, brewer, bourbon and cigar aficionado, gun enthusiast, and police scanner junkie by night. At Joe Emmel is coming up next on the DeCesare Group Podcast. At the DeCesare Group, we understand the power of effective public relations in driving business growth and success. As a family-owned firm based in Bowling Green, Kentucky, we are committed to providing comprehensive PR solutions tailored to businesses of all sizes and their unique needs. Explore our solutions at the DeCesare Group. From crafting compelling content and amplifying your brand's voice through social media marketing to enhancing your online presence as a Wix icon partner, we've got you covered. Leverage our strategic business and economic development expertise, expand your reach with digital advertising, and capture attention with professional graphic design. The DeCesare Group has a proven track record in political consulting, developing successful campaigns and strategic solutions. For a limited time, the DeCesare Group is offering 25% off our standard social media package. Click the link in the show notes for more information. Partner with the DeCesare Group for effective solutions that drive your business forward. At Joe Emma, welcome to the DeCesare Group Podcast. Hey, thank you. I'm very excited to be here. Well, we're, we're glad to have you here. And I know you, you've got your scanner over here because you're the man who tweets what he hears. Right. Just so, what I hear. Just what I hear. <laughs> Just what you hear. So, so and those... What are you like? It's seventy five, seventy six thousand followers now. Yeah, I think uh, on the app it's seventy five, eight, and then I was looking at some metrics. That on the website, there's another twenty thousand. It gets about four million views a month. Wow. Right. So that's Elon, awesome. You're an influencer. <laughs> right. So Elon won't let me get paid till I get five million views a month for three months in a row. So but man, I, I do it I do it for free. But I'm getting ahead of myself there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyhow. But you know, recently, I guess recently in the past year or two, you've been promoted to general manager is it now is it the bowling green daily news or is it still the park city daily news well if you're uh, depending on what age group you're <laughs> yeah. in you know you're it's the park city yeah so you know i mean uh, interesting story behind that so i'm yeah i'm the, uh, the general manager of the daily news um and actually i was the general manager for the day of the daily news when the gains has owned it for the last two years okay um and then they sold to um uh boone newspapers boone news media 18 months ago, and then um, the uh, guy that was the CEO of Boone, uh, Car- Todd Carpenter, he uh, owns Carpenter Media Group. Mm-hmm. He um, just uh, he split from Boone, and then um, just purchased 102 papers, Black Press Media, in Canada, British Columbia, Washington State, and uh, the Honolulu Advertiser, wow. sixth largest paper in the country in circulation. So, who do you? Which one do you work for? Well, I, I, yeah. So, uh, so right now I run the Daily News. Uh, I did run the Ironton Ohio Tribune. 
Uh, and then I help with um, uh, papers in uh, Mississippi and Louisiana, Bogalusa, Laplace, and Picayune, kind of learning some Cajun. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I uh, most people, you know, think of me as a photographer and, and the Twitter guy, but my day job is running newspapers. So, you know, talking about that transition <laughs> from, you know, a photojournalism journalist to the general manager of a newspaper – how does that happen? Right. So, you know, um, uh, if you got a second, I'll, I'll tell you the story. So we got, I, we got time. Uh, my dad was a career military officer, and, uh, you know, I grew up in um, Ohio. I'm from Ohio, from Columbus, but uh, California, Oklahoma, Pennsylvania, Texas, New York, New Jersey. Uh, went to kindergarten in, in Kentucky at Fort Knox and graduated high school there, and then spent six years uh, in Europe during the Cold War in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And uh, my dad's last duty station was Fort Knox, and he took an unaccompanied tour to Turkey. And from there, uh, so I could graduate, um, I used to paint and sculpt, and I was going to go to Syracuse's School of Art. But instead, I followed all my uh, uh, meathead friends down the I-65 to Western. And um, the, the whole uh, art, I wanted to be an art teacher and a football coach. Okay. I uh, loved football. I played football at Fort Knox and wrestled. And um uh, didn't work out. I was a poor student. And so I picked up a camera, you know, back then in uh, 1984, there were, you know, no computers. I was looking over the course catalog and, um, you know, uh, photojournalism had no idea. Western has a really good photojournalism oh, program. Yeah. Uh, always had a camera. So I picked it up and uh, went up there. Poor student again. So with three classes left, I left Western and started working in newspapers, uh, 1987 and landed at the daily news in 91, uh, as their only photographer. And, and, uh, so that staff grew and then I, uh, moved my way up through the ranks, uh, assistant managing editor, well, photo editor, chief photographer, photo editor, assistant managing editor. Then I ran the online, uh, stuff and, uh, eventually, uh, became general manager for him. And then, well, I ran for magistrate, um, oh, yeah. you know, uh, for a, for a hot minute thinking that the new company, when they sold it, cause I helped them sell it to uh, Boone news media. And um, I thought I'd be out of a job. You know, the owners would move on and, and Boone would bring their own person in and they kept me. And so it's been a good, uh, uh, pretty good now, pretty good uh, job right now. Yeah. So you've been here since, uh, I mean, aside from Western, uh, you, you've basically been an employee in this region since 1991. Yeah. Yeah. Only at the Daily News. Yeah. So, How about uh, that? Uh-huh, yep. And now uh, you said you have four classes left. Have you have you taken those yet? Uh, no, you know I I, I don't know that it uh, would really help me at this point. Um, you Just know. finish what you started, man. right? I might, I might. So uh, um, I don't know. I, I'd have to look into it. It would cost me an awful lot of money and time I don't have, but yeah. uh, I'd like to get it one day. Well, I, that that's a pretty cool story, <laughs> though. You know, a, a lot of times careers are accidental. Yeah, go and, completely. And, you know, you you were thinking of one thing, and you happened to look in the, the course catalog for WKU and saw photojournalists or right. photography or whatever the class was, and, and here you are today. And, you know, I mean, I, I've seen you. I've been here since 92, and, you, you know, you've, you've been at sporting events, political events. You name it, you've, you've done it. Right. And uh, – so you're kind of well known, and then you started tweeting what you hear a few years back, and and that exploded. But you know, journalism's gone through a lot of changes, especially in the last 10, 15, 20 years, mainly because of this, you know, fad of, called technology. Right, right. Um, 
But but talk about the changes in both the, the, the terms, in terms of the tools you use for photojournalism and managing a news organization. Sure. I mean, uh, you know, 2008, uh, for whatever reason, you know, when the uh, economy kind of uh, blew up, yeah. um, it was kind of a, a bellwether event for uh, newspapers and the internet finally caught up with them. Newspapers really never dealt with the internet very well. They gave it away free and then they charged for it, then they gave it away and you know, um, it just technology, <clears throat> everybody can consume so much more on so many different platforms. And then you had the, you know, the big tech companies, Google and Facebook and everybody start aggregating stuff. And then with all this content out there, uh, people um, can tell you more about what's happening um, uh, with puppies and, and uh, yeah. you know, things like that. And, and what's in national news, because it's so partisan now, uh, <clears throat> then they can what's happening locally. You know, the newspaper um, still covers fiscal court, um, city commission, school boards, uh, new businesses. We cover all the stuff, but, you know, it's a really small percentage of, um, I kind of liken it to um, registered voters that get out and vote. Mm -hmm. It's a small percentage. You know, everybody's shocked at that, that those are newspaper readers, people that are concerned about their community, the issues, uh, you know, what are our politicians doing? What's going on uh, in Frankfurt? Um, I put up a reporter in Frankfurt. We have a state house bureau, so the Daily News staffs uh, Frankfurt. All right. Uh, yeah. So Sarah Michaels. Um, yeah. Uh, works for our statewide website, Bluegrass Live. So yeah, it's it's there's been a huge change, but it's crazy. We reach more people than we ever did. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we still reach you know quite a few people in print six days a week, but man, on the website and the e edition. 275,000 unique viewers a month, a million pages a month that they view. Yeah. Um, but yeah, journalism, you know, it's very partisan. And, and the national media um, has impacted, uh, you know, the local stuff. People are, uh, you're either with me or you're again me. Yeah. You know, yeah. so yeah, there's, yeah, there's, uh, so, no so middle, there's no middle anymore. No, no, no middle ground. And so uh, nationally, it's just kind of filtered down. And we really don't get it. We, we just cover the community without fear or favor. Well, you know, and, and you all do a really good job. And, of course, there, there are still a lot of people that want to hold that newspaper and get right. that ink on their hands and flip through the pages. But, you know, I converted a few years ago, so I'm an online uh, subscriber. Right. But I, I look at the paper every day. Yeah. And, and now, you know, I feel like I'm more informed than I ever was because not only do I look at – the Daily News. I also look at the Wall Street Journal every day because I have an online subscription to it, and it, you know it just makes it easier uh, to get to get more information. But you all do a fantastic job, and of course, if you uh, ever read our, our newsletter, of course we we use clippings from various sources, including the Daily News, and we credit everybody. Um, but you do a great job covering the business community, and that's kind of what this podcast is about and what our newsletter is about is economic development and business. But, you know, having having a vibrant uh, a media in your community is important for economic development. And I know, you know, with even though things have changed and, and there are some people that are always going to want that hard copy of the paper, uh, it's good to know that, you know, here locally, not only are you still covering all the things that are important to to us each and every day, uh, we we have it available to us, and you're growing. So it's that's good news. It <laughs> is. So you know, we still, um, uh, you know, six days a week, uh, two or uh, three hundred and I think uh, three hundred and 
I forget, 320 days a year. So we still deliver 2.4 million papers a year. Wow. If you think about it now. Um, but I want to I want to talk about something you mentioned about, you know, economic development in this community. There are things that every community, every strong community has. You look at the top three. You know, I'm going to put Bowling Green, then Louisville and Lexington. There's no particular order, but right. I'm partial to Bowling Green. But a strong chamber of commerce. Right. Strong media partners, strong business development, and uh, accountable politicians, and um, great school systems, and, and a university. You think about every community that's successful, what do they have? They have those things. Yeah, but we're only checking all the boxes properly. <laughs> right. Exactly. 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 Yeah. Yeah. yeah Bowling, no, Bowling no Green's offense to my friends in Louisville, Lexington. Right. Right. Now, Bowling Green's a great place. So we have uh, Don Sargent, um, yeah, who covers our business stuff. And I'll tell you what's crazy: when we, uh, <coughs> excuse me, when we write about a new chicken place opening, mm-hmm. most read story that day. People love chicken places that open up. When Chick-fil-A or Slim Chickens or somebody opens up, sure. I don't know what it is about chicken places, but the most read stories are our business development stories. Now, the other stories... Well, with you're the word, welcome, because yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. linking it. Right? <laughs> so, uh, you know, the other stories about sex and fire and, you know, crime and stuff like that. If, they, it, if it bleeds, it leaves. Right, right. Yeah, they, they are, are they're hot topics, but man, day in and day out, new businesses, new industry, whenever we report on that... It's always up in the top three. Yeah. It's so, so important. It is. And and that's what, you know, uh, keeps us so vibrant around here. And, and you know, talking about politics, uh, you know, we've been very fortunate uh, here in this region for years that have, regardless of party uh, elected leaders that, that work together. Right. Uh, but you don't always have that everywhere. And and sometimes you, you have to deal with these ethical dilemmas in, in journalism because, as you mentioned, uh, there are news organizations that are, are very partisan now. Uh, I made it a New Year's resolution. I quit watching Fox News this year. Uh-huh. So I've been watching News Nation. Right. It's the only one I can watch now where nobody's yelling. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. There's I no just, angry talking. Yeah. Heads. I just want to hear hear what's up. <clears throat> you know, I don't care if there's some opinions in there. Uh, I can I can figure that out. But it's just all the constant yelling and talking over people. I just couldn't deal with it anymore. But, you know, talking about ethical dilemmas and, and, and how do you navigate these challenges, especially uh, with today's fast pace and sometimes polarized media landscape, as you discussed? I mean, what, what's the what's the secret sauce there, Joe? I don't know that there is uh, any any real um, recipe for it. Um, it's about the truth, yeah. you know, and being fair. Um, uh, you know, uh, speaking of, I hate to say the word fair and balance, but yeah, but you know, I or mean, balance and fair, right? Right. <laughs> so balance and fair. Um, we just approach everything. Uh, we talk to both sides and lay it out there without, um, again, without fear or favor, just what, uh, what is the truth? What is, uh, and you know, we only quote people. We, uh, you know, uh, look, look back into what they said and try and uh, fact check that, that and verify it. Um, but, you know, luckily, we really don't have a lot of ethical dilemmas here. Um, now, maybe we need to dig deeper. Maybe there's something under the surface. I don't know. Maybe something will pop up. Sure. But for, you know, all intents and purposes, um, you know, if we stay away from national politics and just focus on our local economy, our local politics and uh, our school systems, man, you know, it's um, it's just keeping people informed. Yeah. And they'll form their own opinions. They don't need me to to tell them which way to think about anything. They just need me to tell them 
what's happening, what's true, what's not true. Yeah, and and you know when I was up in Frankfurt, I, I would have legislators ask me about you know the newspaper in our area. They'll say, well, ours is just one sided, and you know. I've never been able to say that about the Daily News. I've always thought you all have done a great job at just giving me the facts. Right, yeah. We just play it down the middle. I mean, you know, everybody has their opinion. Um, everybody in the uh, at the paper, um, you know, leans one way or another politically. But when you come into work in the morning and you go out and interview people, uh, that's it. They shouldn't know what you think about it. You're just there to inform. And uh, that's the most important thing is I think we've gotten away from just telling the truth about each side and let the readers decide. Yeah, that's that's best way to do it. All right, so we 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 talked a little bit about your your following at Joe Emmel and social media. I mean, there are a lot of keyboard warriors out there nowadays, right. and you know that that spout off about each and everything. But how is this? How is social media playing a role in journalism? And has it changed the way you approach storytelling? Oh, sure. So, I mean, communication's fractured. There's so many different ways to uh, uh, really get the message out there. And people have so many different avenues to read stuff on. The tough thing about social media, and so I hate Facebook. Facebook's a dumpster fire. I'm contemplating getting rid of it. Twitter, for whatever reason, I tried threads, that Twitter knockoff that um, uh, yeah, meta it, did. Yeah. And, uh, um, but for whatever reason, Twitter works for me. Um, Instagram would have, if, uh, if it had been 20 years ago and I was out shooting, you know, I'd have all kinds of photos, but, yeah. um, I, I listened to a police scanner right here. That's, uh, um, uh, in my hand most times or on my, on my shoulder where I'm uh, watching TV at home. I listened to it as a photojournalist to find out Where's the fires? Where's the dead bodies? To get there and make the pictures. Yeah. And there were so many things that I heard on Twitter, I mean, on the scanner yeah. uh, over the years that I thought, man, these are funny. These aren't real stories. They're, they're real, but they're not a story for the paper. Right. You know, naked man uh, bathing at Fountain Square. Yeah. Which, Florida man. <laughs> yeah, which, which happens, you yeah. know. Um, and so uh, <clears throat> I started doing what Twitter did on the sidelines of my son's soccer game when he was five, six, seven. I'd have a group of parents around, and I'd tell them about all the things I heard, you know? Yeah. Or the behind-the-scenes story about the shooting or this or that. And then Twitter came out, and I thought, you know, nobody wants to know Joe Immel's once is hungry. Joe was going to eat a donut. Yeah. Here's a picture of my cat or whatever. And I was listening to the scanner one day, and uh, they knocked out the fire department. They do the tones, like the old Squad 51, right, you know? Right, And um, <laughs> the, the, the hit emergen show emergency. Emergency, yes. yeah. <laughs> And so they knocked out, you know, car seven, engine five, pumper four, whatever. And they said, we have a fire alarm at uh, SCA Incontinence, uh -huh. which has changed its name. Yeah. It's a place that makes adult diapers. Out there by Warren East. Yeah, by Warren East. And then the dispatcher got on and said, uh, you know, um, we have reported water flow. And I thought, how damn funny. <laughs> they got reported water flow at the adult diaper place. And I just imagined all the employees slogging around. The yeah. sprinklers are going off. Of course, they don't wear those, but... But uh, uh, anyway, and so I tweeted that out, and, uh, you know, I got 100 followers, 1,000 followers. And, and it's just 10 years later, uh, I've gone through five scanners. Um, <laughs> you know, I've downloaded all my tweets because I'm going to put together a best of book one of these days. Yeah. Um, but social media is so important because that's how people communicate these days. Yeah, and, and, and you have to be there. So I really do it. When I leave the paper, there's going to be a real uh, reckoning whether— I crowdfund to keep doing it, and that's all I do all day long. 
and I'll see how much the community really wants it. If people are willing to pay ten bucks a month for uh, or ten bucks a year for me to tweet all yeah. day long, and if I get to a certain level, I'll do it. If not, it could go away, which I, I know a lot of people would hate. But yeah. but it it takes up, uh, you know. I mean, I probably spend twelve, thirteen hours a day listening, and uh, in addition to my job, but I use it to push out the stories um, as follow-ups to my tweets. You know, I'll yeah. tweet something out, a wreck, and then we'll get the press release, and then we'll write a story, and then I'll push that out. Well, and, and you know, that's old-school journalism, too. I mean, I've been around, the you know, broadcasting for almost 40 years sure, now. Sure, yeah, a and, long time. Uh, you know, every, every newsroom had a scanner. Right. You know, because you want to be first on the scene. You want to get that picture first. But one of the things I've noticed about at Joe Immel is that uh, now people are feeding you stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, hey, at Joe Immel, there's a wreck here. What's going on? And then you got everybody chiming in and and then you'll retweet it and it just goes crazy. It's that crowdsourcing of journalism and community journalism. And so definitely it was unexpected. And, you know, the cell phone, that's going to come down, you know, the iPhone or the Android or whatever right. is going to really come out as one of the most important uh, event- inventions that people use. It's a Swiss Army knife that everybody packs around. Right. And now that they have, you know, the cameras and, the, the you know, the connectivity, people are able to tell me what's going on. And I, I like that. I mean, I think it's a, a great um, give and take with the community, um, which is so important because you have people out there that are paying attention to what's going on yeah and uh and i also appreciate the fact you let us know when you're not going to be when you're going to be off scanner right right yeah 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 <laughs> so we we don't have to go look for tweets but I, I mean there's a lot of times if i see uh and i'll I'll give an example the house fire that was over off elrod road uh, a couple weeks ago um i saw the smoke you know and i i knew the general area and i said well i'm going to check Joe Emmel and see if anybody, and sure enough, you know, someone right. had posted something about what was going on out there. That's the tough thing though. The pressure is like, there's a lot of, I only catch probably 20%, 25% of what goes on. And people say, Bowling Green's crazy. It's always been kind of crazy. Every place is crazy. It's just, you've never had an Avenue where somebody has been telling you everything. You had to wait for the newspaper, the radio or the television station to let you know, you know, that night or whenever, and now it's real time. And so there's a, a one of the uh, – Craig Widener, soccer coach at Bowling Green High, mm-hmm. teaches psychology at the high school. And he uses the Twitter account in his class where he talks about when you hear all this stuff, you think things are worse because you have so much more information. But right. they're, they're really not. Yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, I guess about 10 years or so ago, they came out with a, a scanner app where you could listen to right. police scanners from around the country. Yeah, but there's a lot of cities that got Bowling Green beat on a lot of things, and so oh, completely. Yeah, there's there's crazy everywhere. There is, <laughs> and my Twitter account works in Bowling Green. It wouldn't work in Louisville or Lexington. They're too big. Yeah, they use computer dispatch a whole lot more. Wouldn't work in Russellville. Too small. Uh, Bowling Green's just the right just place. Right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. fantastic. Well, I, I think it's interesting how you've been able to as your role with the newspaper but also you know you've developed this following on twitter but you 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 become kind of a a trusted source even though you're only tweeting what you hear uh but people have come to trust you and they will tag you in tweets so that you know what's going on in case it is something important that, that the public needs to know about yeah i mean that's really part of my upbringing as a journalist and especially a community journalist um 
I don't editorialize. I don't comment on it. I just put it out there. And uh, what what I hear is what I tweet. And because a lot of people have tried to emulate what I do and to no success, because if I work someplace else, say that I work for the DeCesare Group, cranking out press releases, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be able to listen to the scanner all day. It's because I work for a new, I run a newspaper. I, that's part of it. Right. You know, if I had any other job, it, it wouldn't happen. And that's what's happened with other folks. You just can't spend the time. Yeah. But, um, it's yeah, part no, of your job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so it's really important though. Uh, you know, I get it wrong. Sometimes I hear something, maybe I get a wrong address or, but everything I tweet is the initial call. And so sometimes those calls turn out to be false. They don't, yeah. you know, it, because, but really, I started it, too, also to show the waste of services in the community. You hear a lot of people, you know, an ambulance has to respond to um, a sore toe yeah. or a stuffy nose. And you'd be surprised, you know, the people that misuse and uh, the system. Uh, some people need the system and, and, and require help. There's a lot of people that abuse it. And I kind of wanted to show the police were going to a lot of the same families, a lot of the same people, a lot of the same neighborhoods, mm-hmm. you know, and so, but it just kind of evolved. So yeah. uh, I, I enjoy it. Um, well, we do too. And I'm, I'm glad to be one of your 80,000 followers. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, so let's, let's talk a little bit about other stuff. Uh, one of the, you, you have a hobby I, and I've known this, you, you, you make your own beer. Right. So tell us, how's that work? And, uh, you know, it's, how uh, much you drink in a week? Right. So uh, we've been uh, we've been kind of dormant a little bit for a little while. John Williams and I, local architect. Hey, best, I know John. Yep. So um, he and I got uh, involved in uh, homebrew. He got a homebrew kit for Christmas uh, a few years back, probably about 10 years ago. And uh, he never does anything just, you know, halfway. Okay. <clears throat> so we ended up, he built uh, um, a one-barrel system. So we can brew a ton of beer. We have a great amber ale. Um, we've done some good double IPAs, uh, lagers, um, barrel-aged, uh, a stout in um, uh, Corsair whiskey barrels. Okay. Um, it's fun. It's 80% cleanup, though. Yeah. You know, but we'll take, a, we'll start on a Sunday morning. Uh, we'll crack open a good beer and split it and start brewing at the end of the night. Uh, he built it with uh, four burners on it, so three of the burners we use for um, the beer, you know, the mash and the uh, the sparge and the water and stuff like that, and then the fourth burner is for the shrimp boil at the end of the day. <laughs> okay. So we, uh, but um, we're gonna get back uh, going at it. We brew some pretty good beers, um, you know, and uh, brewed with Sean Stevens before mm-hmm. and Chris Carricker, Blue Holler and White Squirrel. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I love I love brewing beer. It's fun. I don't drink nearly as much as I used to, but uh, uh, right, it's fun now, to brew something you like. And, and I'm guessing this is just for personal <clears throat> consumption. You're not. Uh, are you? Are you selling anything? Yeah. How, so uh, if the ABC's listening, no, I'm not selling <laughs> anything. Uh, you need um, a cottage brewery license, right? I know. I know. We had uh, we had looked at trying to open something one time, but it just wasn't right. We both have full time jobs. No yeah. way we could do that. And uh, we just brew it, and then. Uh, Next brew, I'll have to bring you and uh, Justin some. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, and we had Brian Mefford on with White Squirrel not too long ago, and and he talked about, you know, uh, every every good town should have a, a local brewery. I agree. Uh, and he says whenever they go anywhere, uh, that's that's where they 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 look for those 
you know, to take the family out to dinner because usually it's a family atmosphere and right. it's, it's fun and you're going to get some good local brew and, uh, you know, it's just a, a great place for community. So uh, I know that that's been an important hobby for, for yours for a while. And um, I think it's kind of interesting. Yeah, it's fun. It's uh, It was unexpected, but um, we're going to get ramped back up and get everything uh uh, cleaned up and brewing again. So. All right, so let's keep talking. And and, and you're a, a bourbon appreciation. So uh, there's a lot of people that appreciate bourbon, right? Right. So what's what's your uh, <clears throat> a, a fascination with bourbon? You know, I uh, um, I had a, a hip replacement uh, a couple years ago that kind of went bad, got septic, and I was in the hospital for 30 days, uh-huh. and then uh, at home for six months, and. Uh, man, uh, the Gaines family, I ran the paper from my recliner, mm-hmm. uh, <coughs> excuse me. And, uh, they were great. You know, I, I, uh, during that time though, I really had been, you know, prior to that into beer IPAs, I'm a hop head. And I started reading about bourbon and, you know, I'd always had a little bit here or there. And just for some reason, when I got my hip fixed and got back at it, I thought I just need to do something different. And so um, yeah, I'm a huge fan. Uh, you know, Kentucky, so well known for bourbon, great distilleries in this state. Yeah. And um, I'm just a huge fan of a, a double neat weeded bourbon. All right. Uh, so I love the old Forester. I love Statesman. Um, you know, anything. Um, I'll try anything. You know, um, I don't chase it on the secondary market, but I know where to find it. And um, yeah. uh, a good bourbon and a good uh, a good cigar um is uh the way i unwind so you talk you, you know the three things we, you've mentioned there beer bourbon and cigars um you know there there are some interesting palettes for those and right and you know there are certain cigars that go well with bourbon or you know uh, whiskey drinks uh just like there's probably a certain cigar you like with your beer um and do you have a favorite bourbon um goodness gracious i would say uh weller Weller twelve, uh, I, you know everybody yeah, clamors man. after Pappy and stuff like that. Yeah. But but you know I'm not going to pay that much for a bottle of bourbon. I love Elmer Teeley and I love uh, uh, just about any of the Weller line. Okay, um, they're all good stuff. Um, Have you ever tried Kentucky Tavern or Gentleman? You can get like 1.75 liters in a convenient plastic bottle. Right. So yeah. So that's the that's the bottom shelf stuff. I have uh, uh, so I don't mix my bourbon with anything. Unless it's gentlemen or tavern, and, and then it's going with a Coke or some Sprite. I got so. you. Well, did I leave anything out on your hobbies there? You know, the only thing that I do, I, I shoot competitively uh, with the American Rimfire Association. I shoot okay. I shoot uh, 22 rifles, and I travel um, probably this region of the country. I'm headed to Mississippi next weekend, indoor nationals at Chickenfoot, Georgia, uh, middle of March. Um, but that's another thing that I've kind of gotten into. Um Old man sport bench rest uh, twenty two rifles. Yeah, and so uh, uh, really enjoy it. Uh, meet a lot of great people, a lot of sure. like minded people, uh, and also a lot of beer drinking, bourbon appreciative uh, <laughs> cigar, cigar smokers. smokers right? <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got it all covered. Well, uh, if you don't follow Joe Emmel on Twitter, do so. And uh, you know, you talked about Facebook, kind of a dumpster fire, and and you know. F- Older people are on Facebook for the most. I mean, a lot of people are on Facebook. Don't get me wrong. I, I use Twitter mainly for my information, and yeah. and then Instagram is you know the fun stuff. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I like Twitter because if you do it right, and that's the uh, that's the thing is up at the top tab, 
you have to look, uh, you see for you and following. Yeah. And so if the for you, that's Twitter showing you what they think you want. But if you always click the following button, you'll only see what the people you're following. Yeah. And and so that's where people are like, I didn't see that. I didn't see that. All the social media does is those algorithms. Yeah. And they push what they want to you because the advertisers and things like that. Organically, Twitter, I only follow uh, people that I want to for information, like you said. Mm -hmm. So important. Great way to find things. Yeah. Well, uh, if you don't follow Joe on Twitter, do so at Joe Emmel. I'll put the link in, in the show notes uh, great, so, great. so people can get well, on there. I'll be tweeting this podcast out when it comes out. So. All right. Fantastic. Hey, and thanks for being on the Decessory Group podcast. Oh, I appreciate it. I, I like what you're doing. It's good right. stuff. Thank you. At Joe Emmel. All right. Thank you. Uh, what a great conversation with Joe Emmel. I hope you enjoyed uh, what we talked about and hearing more about how he tweets what he hears at Joe Emmel. Hey, before I let you go, hit us up on Facebook, X, Instagram, and LinkedIn, and subscribe to our newsletter, Soki Economic Development and Business News, at thedecessorygroup.com. If you have any interest in sponsoring the podcast and newsletter, click the link in the show notes for details. We'd love to have you as a sponsor. Today's program is produced by the Decessory Group, a full-service public relations and consulting firm. Our engineer and own bourbon and cigar aficionado is Justin Decessory, with content contributions from Burke Mattingly and Amy Decessory. Join us again for the Decessory Group podcast. Until next time, I'm Jim Decessory.